Robbie. Yo. Are you fired up about our new official title sponsor? I really am excited. Bro, we talking level up gutters out of Youngsville, Louisiana. Have you ever heard of them, Robbie? I haven't. Bro, I just bought a new house. No joke, no game. I called the competition. I can't get a call back. Won't give me a free estimate. Can't make time for me. I'm talking about level up gutters out of Youngsville, Louisiana. They don't care if you live in Lake Charles. They don't care if you live in New Orleans. They don't care if you live in Alexandria. They're going to give you the free estimate. They're going to give you the personal touch. They're going to make sure you get what you need to succeed because level up gutters, they're winners. And winners win. Winners win. Go like Level Up Gutters on Facebook. The phone number you need to call if you want that free estimate is 337-257-5149. That's 337-257-5149. Don't forget, winners win when you level up. Level Up Gutters. Trump Dammy. All right, you've come back. All right, you're tuned in. We're going to go, go over week 13, November 26th at Kyle Field. But one thing, that's a long fucking time away. And we got a lot of stuff to cover and a lot of games to play before we get there. But before we get into Texas A&M, the season is in how many days, Jay? 11. 11 days, Daddy, till the boys are in the – Superdome, where only tigers survive. True or false? No doubt true. The boys are fired up. Daddy's back with us. And Daddy's back with us. Last he was week on. he was busy getting St. Louis ready. He's getting the St. Louis Saints ready. Now, Thursday, Rob. Okay. Jamboree, big primetime game against Sulphur High. St. Louis, Louis versus his alma mater, Sulphur? Alma mater. Daddy, the Daddy, homecoming. Daddy is like the Nick Saban of sulfur now. Hey. He's hated. You have returned. Daddy, you're coming back to the old stomping grounds. Finally, Daddy has come back. To Tornado Alley. Oh. You predicting a win, Daddy? 28-7. Oh. Saints. 28-7 Saints? Hot take, boy. That's a hot take. I love oh. it. All right. We're going straight into – there's a lot of things happening right now. We're going to get to A&M. But we got to get to – it's Tuesday night right now. I'm going to upload this episode. It'll be out Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Brian Kelly just had a press conference. I'm going to run through the notes real quick. Here's I got all the questions uh, noted. Jay, stop me if there's something you want to talk about. Okay. Tuesday presser, this was at 6.15. First thing he does, he makes a uh, – BK makes a joke about Colby Richardson because he's been calling him Dickinson or Dickerson. Both, yeah, Dickens and Dickerson. So he makes a joke right off the bat. Then he says, uh, he talks about how Colby came in at a little less than 170 and he's up 
to one. He said 190. Now, Colby said on Jordy, Jordy Collada's show that he was at 197 the other day. The boys almost put on 30 pounds. Yeah, it's amazing what a, a better nutrition can do for you. Man. Obviously, that they nutrition didn't have that at McNeese. And, and workout schedule and everything. And transformed him into a soldier. And what's crazy is because he's a sixth-year guy. Yeah, Daddy just had him going to Raising Cane's twice a day. Daddy. Nah, three times. Oh. <laughs> three times. All right, straight in from there. He uh he gets asked, of course, obviously about the quarterback question. He said, "We're closing in on making a decision. It's pretty close at quarterback." He said at, at the beginning, he said, "We'll know in the next few days." Cool. Go straight into a question about Malik Neighbors. He said, "Malik's maturity has gotten a lot better, and and over the last uh from spring into summer into fall, and he's being consistent now. He wasn't as consistent now. You're seeing a lot of consistency, and he re- related maturity to maturity to consistency." All right, and then he, he goes on to make notes. He says, we want to play fast and up-tempo. Uh, we're six and seven deep at wide receiver, and all will play. This is when he was asked about uh, your boy number 80, Mr. Brown's favorite player. Besh. Mr. Besh, and he was asked about Chris Hilton because they're both coming back from injuries. Mm-hmm. He said they're all going to play. Then he mentioned Kyron Lacey, Dre Jenkins, right after that statement. And uh, if you know anything, uh, if you've watched any kind of scrimmage, you know anything about Brian Kelly, and if you know we're not really deep on tight end, there's going to be a lot of 11 personnel. For those who don't know what 11 personnel is, it's one wide receiver and one – I mean, it's one tight end and one running back, right, Daddy? Correct. Mm-hmm. We're on the, So that means three wide receivers. Correct. You're going to see a lot of that. And so my little prediction on that is it's going to be Kayshawn, obviously, Mr. Captain America. It's mm-hmm. going to be Malik in the slot. And on that wide side, they got a lot of options there. I think it's going to be Jure. I know you like Brian Thomas, Jay. Yeah. They got options with Hilton. They got options with Besh. We got, yeah. He said we're going to play six or seven guys. Yeah, they're they, going to be rotating, but be prepared if you're an LSU fan listening. There's going to be a lot of three wide, 11 personnel. Yeah, they, they've been bragging about Brian, how strong his hands are. They said that if he jumps up to get a the ball, they, they try to swat it out, and he's all hands just coming down with the ball. The it Reminds me of Jarvis, baby. Oh, God, six I love it. Four, six Jarvis. foot four, Jarvis. <laughs> all right. He, uh, straight into there, he got to ask if he would play two quarterbacks. And he said, I don't have an answer for that. He said, it'll play out how it plays out. Right after that, he said, uh, do you want a full week for your starter? Or do you, or is that something you see being ran in, into next week and you announce later on in the week? He said, uh, this is whenever he gave the final answer. He said, it's gonna, uh, we're going to know on the weekend. We'll decide this weekend, and you'll have an announcement. We'll release an announcement on Monday or Tuesday. So that means they'll have a full week of practice with the starter. And that they're going to know this weekend. That no one will just know until they release it on Monday. Unless it gets leaked. Regardless, you'll know Monday or Tuesday who the starter will be. All right. He said uh, they got to ask about offensive line. He said we're still moving pieces around. But he said he went ahead and put it off top. Dellinger's going to start at center. said ever since he had that bad day where he ragged on him a couple days ago, he's had nothing but good practices. He says they have a good sense of who the five to six starters are going to be. Now they're just working out moving pieces to figure out backups. So that's good. You got your center solidified. It's going to be Dellinger. The moving around, the last pieces is to figure out who will be backups. And that's twice that Kelly's called out a player. Yep. I'm sorry, three times. Okay. Three times he's called out a player. Well, Kayshawn yep. called him out, didn't miss a beat. Called out DeRay for not stepping up leadership. Yep. Says he's doing really good in practice. Yep. Called out Dellinger. And he and he mentioned about whenever I mentioned earlier that he talked about DeRay and Kyron Lacey. Mm-hmm. He talked about how great DeRay's doing to prove your point. That's good. All right. Next, he said uh, there was a sense today in the team that they were getting ready to play a game. He said it was their best practice yet. He said it didn't feel like another day at camp. He knew, the team knew, they're getting ready for Florida State. That gets me fired up. Uh, no major injuries, knock on wood. He gave credit to his, uh, his staff and the way they practice. 
Obviously, knock on wood, he said uh, the team's on pace. Everything's perfectly on pace for the Florida State game. Then he got asked about Coach Dembrock, the offensive coordinator who we hired from Cincinnati, who had coached with Brian Kelly a long time at Notre Dame. He said, "How is uh the question was, how has Denbrock changed since they were split and he was at Cincinnati and he was at Notre Dame? He says he thinks he's the best play caller in the country, and he, he said he knows himself real well. Him and Kelly know each other well. He said, there's not a lot of change. He said, they just understand each other, and it's easy to communicate with one another. They both like each other's style of play, and they're on the same page. Right into that, thoughts on Mason Smith. And he's a freak, right, Jay? <laughs> Yeah, I would hate to block him. I know Daddy could probably block him, but yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Daddy, Daddy, what's your thoughts on Mason Smith off the top? Just what do you think when you think of Mason Smith? What do you think? Untouchable, man. Jay Bird. Everybody uh, wants to compare. Everybody wants the uh, the next Glenn Dorsey. You know, everybody says that, and I haven't seen it. Okay, but if anybody's gonna hopefully be close to Glenn Dorsey, hopefully it's Mason Smith. I know he's only a sophomore. But his ceiling is, is high, man. He's, he's got so much talent, so much size. So, side note, uh, safety from Arkansas, number 13, Mr. Fouché. Is that Joe his last Fouché. name? Mm-hmm. Joe, Fouché. He was, Joe Fouché. He was on uh, Jordy Collada today, and he said he has to pinch himself sometimes whenever he sees Mason, Mason Smith because he said he just can't believe that he's a sophomore. said he is a absolute elite monster. Yeah. This could be a big coming out, like a massive breakout party for Mason Smith this year. Yeah, and that's what one one reason why a lot of the um, reporters and people that did podcasts and um, ESPN and stuff like that was talking about Dellinger, how he was having a bad time snapping the ball. They said, well, they got to watch. They said it wasn't 100% his fault because they said he was trying to block Mason Smith the whole time while he was snapping the ball. Good luck. That's good practice. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're probably not going to see nobody like that across from you. Maybe November 5th you'll see a couple. Yeah, of maybe November 5th. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'll see some of the SEC, yeah, but it's good yeah. practice. Yeah. All right, and what the best part about this Mason Smith is, Daddy, whenever he was asked about that, here's what Brian Kelly said. He said the physical tool's there, but the best part, he has the desire. He sits in the front row every day. He wants to be better. He plays with his, He plays real emotional. Daddy, that's good news to hear if you're a coach, right? Phenomenal news. So He's one of the in. most talented players on your team is bought in. Nobody would be surprised next season if Mason Smith was a first-team All-American. No. So one of the best players on your team – is on the front row every day and is bought in. That tells you a lot about him. That tells you a lot about culture, too. You got to love where we're headed. All right? Some big news here. Some breaking news here. If you're not all the way plugged in like like uh, the boys are and you're listening to this in the morning, Brian Kelly released some more starters. He was asked about kicking. He said Damian Ramos is in the lead to be their field goal kicker right now, and Jay Bramlett is in second. They're fight. They're still battling, but he said Ramos has got a slight lead. He said they have no decision. And uh, Damian Ramos, he's a uh, redshirt freshman, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's like number 43, Jay. Mm, maybe not. Well, anyways, uh, Damian Ramos, I think he's a redshirt freshman. He's uh, But he's in the lead right now to be the kicker. Yep, him right there. Redshirt freshman, yep. All right, and he also said there's no decision on their kickoff kicker yet. And we've been spoiled the last couple years because we had the kid from Auburn, Alabama, that we went and took. Jay, do you remember our uh, kickoff kicker? Uh, is Mr. Avery Atkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy, he spoiled us because he put it through the back of the end zone. Almost as good as Cam Gable. 
Oh, oh my God. <laughs> he was terrible, wasn't he? Yeah, he was high-rated kickers, one of yeah. the highest-rated kickers in the country. He couldn't kick it straight. Well, yeah, he kicked it out of bounds pretty good, but not out of the end zone. He kicked it out of the side. Some bitch, <laughs> 20. Yeah, he kicked it in the student section. Yeah, every time. <laughs> All right, so no decision on the kickoff guy. Ramos is in the lead at kicker, and he said the punter competition's over. Mr. Jay Brumlett has won that competition. Oh, good. And Jay Brumlett came from uh, Notre Dame with him. He's a transfer. And uh, his long last year was 74 yards. And on 247 out of high school, he was the number two punter in the country. So this isn't no bullshit. Mr. Jay Brumlett is a uh, – he's the real deal. He started for Brian Kelly. There's a trust factor there. So that gives you a little leak in on the starters. Give, give Peyton Todd from West Monroe uh, you know, a year to sit and – Give him a sit to learn. He yeah, got right. beat out by the by the old man. Peyton's supposed to have all the talent in the world. Redshirt freshman. Big boy. 6'5", 245. He was the number one punter in the country, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. From West Monroe, if I'm not mistaken, as well, too. See if I'm right on that. Boom, West Monroe. All right. So, those are all the notes from the Tuesday presser. Big deal. A lot of information come out. Straight into real quick. I'm going to be done with this in 30 seconds. This was last Saturday's uh, press co- uh, press notes. And one thing we learned right after this was Emory got two-game suspension. Yep. Jay, do you have any thoughts on Emory's two-game suspension? Yeah, just – of course, all almost all the fault lies with the with the player. But a lot, I'd say about 40% lies with the ex, the previous coaching staff, too. They weren't on top of it, man. Yeah, I mean, that is – they have so many people on staff yeah. that are there to help with that stuff. I know. It starts I know. at the top. Well, so Whenever you uh, – Chasing thirty year olds, it's hard. You're not worried about uh, and you already won, and you already crowned the best team of all time. And you already won a natty, and you're guaranteeing seventeen million. Ooh, he was set. You see, he's volunteering what's at Miami I, right now. What happens? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You start to get complacent. complacent? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> complacency kills. Yeah, any man, any man has really found that out in their life in general. I know we've all kind of went through it as men, and uh, Ed found it out on uh, on the the biggest age on the on the planet. Found it out. Probably Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, uh, Saturday notes, it kind of gave you the rundown. Noah Kane's going to start. Uh, he had a little quote. He said, Leonard Fournette is not in our backfield. This is Brian Kelly talking. He said, but I like what everybody does on our team, and we're going to do it by committee. Mm-hmm. But Kane's going to be the guy. Somebody's got to try it out there first. He was asked about linebacker. He said, we got a lot going in and out. He mentioned Harold Perkins. He mentioned Mr. Penn. What's his name? Greg Penn, Jake? Yeah, Greg Penn the third. Mentioned Mike Jones. He mentioned Micah Baskerville. Mm-hmm. He mentioned a guy named Kobe Fields, a freshman from Rummel. Never heard of him. Yeah, he mentioned that the other day. He kept saying Kobe. I had to look him up. Me too. Same thing. I had to look him up. A freshman from Rummel, six, six foot, 218-pound freshman. All right. Then he was asked about the defensive line. He raved. He said, you said Perkins? He mentioned Perkins? Off the bat. First one he mentioned. Yeah. Too, too, too talented to stay off the field. Yeah, year. I think he's going to be like Smith. No. Next year, you know what I'm saying? Correct. Same, same. I think it's same trending category. in that same, direction. Same category. He can't talk about linebacker, and he mentions him first every time. <laughs> so, why you don't think he had nobody like that in Notre Dame? No. Oh no, Manti T L. Oh, Manti boy. He got a new uh, series out on Netflix. <laughs> I haven't watched it. I heard, I heard that once you watch it, though, you will feel more sorry for him, and you won't make us fun oh, no, as much. No, no, no. I'll still. The, We're gonna check it out. The yeah, boys are gonna have to. But man, look, I know it's off subject, but come on. Don't, what's the main thing you remember him for? Catfishing. Getting catfished. catfished. <laughs> yeah. And uh, being the mascot of, yeah. that, of that team that got killed in the national championship. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. He's raving about the D-line. He called J. Roy, which is Jaquel and Roy, Mason Smith, Ali Gay, B.J. Ujolari, elite. 
He mentioned Makai Wingo and Tank and uh, Mr. Little, but he said those four are elite. Well, well I'm not trying to correct you or anything, but okay. he mentioned Jaquillen Roy, Mason Smith, and uh, Ali Gay elite. And then he said, and then there's B. Joe Larry. Correct. Said, that's like, so I don't know if he's saying he's more than elite or I don't know how he, I don't know how he. Well, meant. right after that, because I, I had that in my notes. Yeah. But then he said B.J. Jolaire. And then he come back and mentioned him as. And then he said all four of those guys are elite. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like he meant. No, he okay. meant uh, Ojolari was like even above that. I was like, whoa. Yeah. No. 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 He he mentioned those three at first, and then he mentioned about yeah. Ojolari be having the smarts and the he reason he got number eighteen. He can do it all. Correct. You know? All right. So BK, uh, he got to ask about DBs. He said they're six deep. He feels like they're in a really good spot. He said they only had two in the beginning of uh spring that he thought could play cornerback at LSU. Said they're six deep now. He feels good about where they're at. 11 total in the backfield, counting the safeties that will play this year. Offensive line, you've heard about it already. They moved Bradford around. They're trying different stuff. They moved Frazier to left guard. He praised – this was on Saturday when he praised Dellinger for two straight good days. And I just told you, today, on Tuesday, he's already solidified. He's a starter. Yeah. Those are the Saturday notes. Jay, we're going straight into our projected lineups. Okay. Jay, give me what is your projected lineup. You want to start with offense or defense? Wherever you want to go. Start with offense, Jay. So offense, I think I think Daniels is going to be the guy, man. Okay. Um, like I said, if you listen to what four or five podcasts ago, okay. we talked about it. It was I thought Miles was going to be the guy. <laughs> Obviously, I was wrong. Been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. Absolutely, we all will. Yeah. Um, Jaden, he seems like everybody. Everything that uh, we we talked about, they they said the accuracy is getting better. The footwork's getting better. Matter of fact. Uh, his mom was on uh, Twitter Spaces, and she came on there. It's like a little almost podcast thing that you can listen to live if somebody's talking. Yep. And uh, and they and she said I was talking about my son to Jaden, and everybody I talked to talking about inaccuracy, his accuracy, accuracy issues, accuracy issues. She said I'm not no dummy. She said uh, if everybody's talking about it, everybody can't be wrong. So what I do, I put him in two different quarterback camps. Same one James Winston went to. Jordan Palmer went to and worked on his accuracy. So, and, and you can look at highlights. If you look at uh, LSU Gold, they have scrimmage highlights, and Jaden's dropping the ball over Kayshawn's shoulder and to Brian Thomas. He's putting it where only they can catch it. Look, if you're an LSU fan and you say that you're worried about his accuracy or you're worried about his passing, that's a lazy take from a fan who's not paying attention. Yeah. We have to call some of these people out. And he, he weighed, they listed him at 185, but they said he was around 200. So that's not. Six three, two hundred pounds. That's not, you know, it's not Cam Newton by no means, but he's not no skinny mini. You know what I'm saying? So, I think he's big enough. And they said he runs a legit four five. So, make a play for you when you need. Yeah, it. that's 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 great. Everything's yeah. good. Everything I'm reading about him is really good. It feels like if we had to put money on it, Jaden would be the starter. If I had to put money on it, Jaden, but if, I agree. If Nuss is a starter, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna root for Jaden to. to Nuss to mess up and Jaden to get in there. And, no, no. And Brian uh, Kelly, we if, trust. Yeah, if, if Nuss is a starter, I hope he throws for five hundred and five touchdowns every game. That's right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not rooting against nobody. I was the. I was the guy saying that Nuss was going to be the starter, and now I'm fired up for Jaden. Yeah, I, I'm, we're all just fans here. No, I'm on the. I'm on the Daniels uh, train. Oh my God, me I'm, too. I'm, I'm, I ain't gonna lie. I'm, 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 I'm fired up. But if Nuss starts, uh, that's our guy. No, if Nuss starts, I'm rooting for Walker. No, you. Uh, no. Uh, we have pulled for far uh, less yeah. better quarterbacks. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm telling you. Um, but I will be on the Walker train. Oh, that's our guy. Two years ago. That's our guy in the future. Louisiana boy. Got the, got and the that's Brian him. Kelly's boy, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I know. So, anyway. All right, I'm with you. I, I agree, Jaden. You done said Noah Kane. 
No, no, okay. I really like Noah, man. Me too, boy. I'm so glad he's he's from Louisiana. He's from Baton Rouge. He went to IMG Academy. We didn't said this. Uh, he come back home. He has two more years of eligibility, by the way. Beautiful. He, uh, you know, he's six foot. I think he's six foot six one two twenty five. So he's 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 big. He, you know, he's he's solid. He's stout. Yeah. And they said he runs hard. He's hard to bring down. Kelly said he's running behind his yeah. pads. Great. And so. Daddy, if so someone if someone is be running behind their pads, break that down. Is that does that mean they're running hard? Does that mean like what is that coach speak for the motherfuckers running that thing? Oh yeah, that means they're not running high. Okay, you want them to stay low yep. behind their pads. There you go. You get an intel. He's here. running hard. It means he's running the ball hard and he's running low as a quarter. Low man wins, right? Correct. All right, Jake. And then, um, offensive. I'm sorry, wide receiver. Okay. I think the three, like you didn't say, you didn't touch on it. I think Butte, then Neighbors, then Jenkins. Okay. But Brian Thomas could be out there. Depends if they go four wide, you know, three wide, four wide. Tight end, I think that um, that Cole Taylor from uh, Colorado, sophomore. Cole Taylor's a junior. Junior, okay, yep. sophomore, junior. Is he junior because he got a COVID year or is he? He's a junior. He played. Okay. Remember, okay. he got through it. I know, but they throw gave him. a shoe with COVID year. Huh? He's labeled as a junior okay. online. Yeah. That's good. So he'll he'll be he'll start, but I think that Mason Taylor and I said on previous podcasts I got to correct myself. I said Mason Taylor was six three two forty five. He's six five two four. I said six three two twenty five. He's six five two forty five. Yeah. So that's a big boy. He got yeah, the good genes. Freshman man. I love his aunt. <laughs> I figured. I out. have the same thing. Cole Taylor. I think he'll try yeah. it out there first. But Mason Taylor. Yeah, I think it's already Ma- been said. Too like talented. Said, yeah, he's going to be on yeah, the field. I think Mason Taylor is going to be a better version of. Thaddeus Moss. Let's go. Uh, I really think so. I mean, Let's go. Maybe not, next, maybe not this year. Yeah. But in, in the end, he will be. Bro, he looks so fluid. And then at, at receiver, also, I think probably once he gets healthy and running, that uh, Jack Besh will get out on the field, you know. You done touched on that, too. And another thing I wanted to mention that Chris Brown from Hackberry, he's uh, Brian Brown's brother, the one we mentioned earlier. Shout Nega, out, Chris. Nega Tiger. He said that Brian doesn't know what he's talking about because he said hot take is Besh is going to be second team all SEC before he leaves. And he said if Kelly and Denmark and Joe Sloan can develop uh, Walker Howard like he thinks they can, Besh is going to be first team. Hey, uh, Mr. Brown, Brian Kelly, as a true sophomore, Brian Kelly brought Jack Besh to SEC media days. Mm-hmm. He likes him. He's oh, going to yeah. give him. He's going to get a shot. Oh, yeah. I think that's a good take. I'm on board with that, Mr. Brown. So, and then an offensive line, I have, uh, well, in camp, first couple of weeks of camp, the uh, the starters was Will Campbell at left tackle, freshman. Um, uh, at, what was it? Left sure. guard was uh, yeah. Tremont Shorts. Yep. Uh, center was Garrett Dellinger. Um, right tackle was Anthony Bradford. And left guard, I mean, right guard was uh, Miles Frazier. Yep. Okay, but they Rob said they changed it up. So, so uh, last scrimmage it was uh, Will Campbell at left, Miles Frazier at left guard, Garrett Dillinger at center, Anthony Bradford at uh, right guard, and Cameron Wire at right tackle. And what I want to touch on that real fast is that Will Campbell six six three twenty five, Miles Frazier is six six three twenty five, Garrett Dillinger at center is six five three twenty, Anthony Bradford at right guard is six five three forty five, and Cam. Cam Wire is six six two ninety five, so if you average that out, that's six foot five and a half inches, and three hundred and twenty two pounds. The buffet busters. The Saints' starting offensive line. Okay. 
is 6'5", 312. Let's go. But if you rotate Tremont in and take Bradford out, you're looking at 6'5", six, 6'5 five, six, five and a half, and uh, 331. Let's go. <laughs> hey, bring it. Let's go. Oh, yeah. I'm here so, for it. So, anyway, so defensive on defense side of the ball, Ojolari and Gay is going to start, no doubt. Defensive tackle, um, uh, Roy and Smith is going to start. Middle linebacker, I think uh, Mike Jones Jr. is going to start because they're going to because they're pretty much going to be rucking. They call it a, a big the base package is going to be a uh, it's going to be a four down lineman front big nickels what they call it with three corners That's exactly what they call it with three corners two linebackers and uh, two safeties. And, You'll hear uh, Buffalo too. They call yeah, it they, Buffalo uh, and Big Nickel both a Buffalo. and Big Nickel. I heard him said the same. Yeah, thing. so. So middle is going to be Jones, and they got uh, Greg Penn as your uh, outside linebacker. That's right? what I got. Okay, uh, and so Ward and Burns are your safeties. Okay, with Fouché coming in, whatever. Yep. Uh, cornerback is going to be Bernard Converse and Banks, I believe. But if if uh, Magnese, uh Kobe Richardson, Kobe Dickinson, if he uh, wait, tra- wait, wait, you said Banks, what? Banks and um, who's Banks? How Banks? Uh, yeah, seven Banks. Oh, okay, okay. I yeah, got seven you. Banks and a. Bernard Converse. Okay. That's who you like on the short side, seven on the short side. Yeah. Okay. And um I said, but I wouldn't be surprised if Kobe Dickinson would uh would come out there. Correct. Kobe yeah. Dickinson, yep. Yeah. If he would uh if you trot out there against Florida State, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I think uh Greg Brooks is gonna be your nickel. Greg Brooks is already kind of slotted. He's kind of set yeah. it. And Greg I Greg Brooks is gonna start it. I think I think Ryan is gonna Sage Ryan from Karen Crow. I think he's gonna get some play in time, but I, I just think Greg Brooks has too much experience and Hey, at the end of this episode I'm gonna go on a little rant, but let me just really quickly touch on Jay Bernard Converse. He's a senior, ain't he? Mm-hmm. Greg Brooks, he's a senior, ain't he? No, he's a sophomore. Greg Brooks, sophomore, but are you Fouché, sure, Greg Brooks? Yeah, he was, uh, Fouché is a uh, Fouché is a senior. senior. Seven senior. Banks, fifth year senior. Senior. Makai Garner, senior. Senior. And uh, Richardson, sixth year senior. Okay, we're just talking. We just we just mm-hmm. we're just gonna we're going Mike forward. Mike Jones, senior. Mike Jones Sr. We're gonna we'll ask his Mike Jones Jr., but he's a senior. That's right. <laughs> so that's uh I got all the same stuff as you have, Jay. I think we're on the same page. I think that's how they're gonna try it out in the Superdome. And Daddy, I'm fired up about that game, by the way. Oh, me too. Next week, um, just we'll go ahead and say we're gonna have a Florida we're gonna do a we gotta do a Florida State, a preseason next week. We're gonna uh we're gonna have our boy Dylan Thibodeau's gonna call in. He's going to uh, chat with us. He said he's going to watch. He said he's watching Florida State tape this weekend. Who are they playing? Duquesne? How do you say it? Duquesne? Duquesne. Duquesne. Okay, I knew it was close. Where's that at, Rob? That's in uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Might be a 5A what's, what's high school. Ma- I don't know. their mascot? Dukes? The Dukes. Man, Jay, who the fuck? This ain't no hey, Mickey yeah, Mouse all right, operation. All right, all right, all right. Hey, you ain't stumped me yet this all year. Right, oh, yeah, right. you probably did. All right, Jay, That we touched on uh, our projected starters. Mm-hmm. I think we're dead on. It's kind of lining up. Just read between the T. But if you haven't. Been locked in. If you're busy with all your everyday bullshit because life sucks, we just let you know who's going to fucking try it out there on uh, for the Superdome. Jay. All right. Straight from there, we're going into the Texas A&M game. We appreciate your pa- patience. We had to give you a quick 30 minutes because the season's here. At the end of the day, what we just talked about is a lot more important because we don't know where this team's going to be when it comes in in November. But we made a promise. Now, we're going to get into the dirty dog details of week 13, November the 26th at Kyle Field. Jaybird, let's break down A&M and let's start with the 2021 game. Yeah. LSU leads all-time series 35-22-3. and three. Uh, since, since A&M joined the SEC in 2012, 
LSU was eight and two against A and M, and nine and two if you include a twenty ten uh, Cotton Bowl. It was played in twenty eleven, but it was a twenty ten season Cotton Bowl. Yep. So, so LSU, you know, it beat them almost every time. Let me put that a uh, little quiz on a tee for you. Who okay. is the quarterback for the twenty uh, that Cotton Bowl for Texas A and M? I think he got drafted by the Dolphins. Mr. Ryan Tannehill. You know, he's only a quarterback for one year. And Oh, wait, 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 wait. I just totally lied right there. I apologize. Call me out, people. He did not play quarterback against LSU that day. Oh, yeah, he did. He did. He played wide receiver, I thought. No, he was wide receiver, but he started that one year after that. Okay. That that uh, quarterback, I don't know his name, Jannard or Gerard. He was a black guy, I remember his name. Yeah, he uh, he got hurt. So okay, he so played. Tannehill played quarterback, the and yeah. he did play in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, he did play. Oh, God, my memory is starting through, to fade. Through three interceptions, I believe. Oof. Yeah. All right, that uh, Jay's going straight. Give, give us give, give us his stat line for that game, Jay. Oh, yeah, he was 22 for 35, 200, 200 yards, two touchdowns, three picks. What will always live in my memory is Terrence Oliver having three touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, and Keyshawn getting mad broke his record. Or tied his record. Tied his record in the Cotton Bowl. I did not remember that. Sean Johnson had uh, three touchdowns also. In a Cotton Bowl or something? Oh, uh, yeah. He was, he was at halftime commentating. Boy, 11-2. That was a fun year, man, because you had the big Florida game where uh, Urban Meyer, that retired Urban Meyer from Florida, he had a fake heart attack after that. Mm-hmm. And you had uh, – it, it sucked, but I, something that sticks out is Cam's Heisman moment was against LSU. I'll shout out Ryan Guidry. Uh, we were – me, Brian, uh, Mr. Woody. We watch uh, – Mr. Woody's a friend of the uh, program, listens to all the podcasts. We, me, BB, Woody, and Gidry were watching that Cam Newton game. And I'll never forget when he had that breakout run. They said uh, Gary and Vern were sucking off Cam. Yeah, oh, I remember. And I'll never forget Gidry said, CBS stands for Cam's ball suckers. <laughs> that That's embedded in my mind until the day I die. But it was a fun year. Uh, the Arkansas game. God, I remember that sucking. I don't remember that game, man. All right, Jay. Keep us going with uh, uh, 2021. Oh, so 2021, A&M was uh, number 15 when they come to uh, Tiger Stadium last year. Uh, they was 8-3, and 4-3, and three, projected if they would have won that game to go to a pretty high bowl game, I believe. Okay. You know, they would have been, you know, 9-3, and three, and then possibly if they won a bowl game, they would have been, you know, 10-3, which would have been not a bad season for A&M. So they come in, expected to win. ESPN, everybody picked them. You know, everybody picked them to win that game. So. So LSU went to halftime up seventeen to seven. So LSU was up at halftime. LSU was up Damn. at halftime seventeen to seven. LSU got the ball in the fourth quarter with about fourteen minutes left, and it was up twenty to seventeen. A and M come back a little bit, but Max uh, held onto the ball too long on on this drive and uh, took three sacks that drive. Yikes! First LSU's first drive in the fourth quarter, they took three sacks. So, on A&M's uh, next drive, Calzada makes two really crucial third and long throws for first downs. The second third and long throw that he threw was like third and eight. Uh, the, the receiver that caught it avoided two tackles, and uh, it ran for a 45-yard touchdown to put A&M up 24-20. Uh, to uh, So, LSU gets the ball back with 7.33. First down, throw to neighbors, uh, and then so 11-yard gain. TDP rushes for five yards. Then he rushes for another five yards to get a first down. Then uh, Malik dropped a pass, which was a, a pretty good throw by Johnson. And then something else, I don't remember. It was like third and nine on LSU's uh, 47-yard line. Max doesn't snap the ball in time. Gets a delay of game. So it's third and 14 with 4.54 left to go in the game. 
Uh, Max hold on again too long and takes another sack. So on third and twelve, Jesus. So, oh yeah, just Max's. Yeah. Anyway, so so A and M's got the ball back uh, with like a three oh five left. LSU only has one timeout. So no, LSU held on to it. LSU held, stopped them at a third and short. I think uh, Damone Clark made a pretty good tackle on the sideline. To stop him. It was second and two, threw a little swing pass. Calzada did, and Damone Clark stopped him third and two, short. So he punted the ball back to LSU with uh, 3.05 left, only one timeout. So I think a couple plays later, so LSU got the ball on the 15-yard line with a minute 28, only one timeout left, down four, and LSU marches down the field to the 28-yard line. No timeouts, third and 10, 26 seconds left on the clock. Max drops back, takes a, a shot, by the way, and throws the ball to the sideline to Dre Jenkins for a touchdown for LSU to beat them 27-24 and ruin AM's uh, bowl hopes. Oh, my God, I love it. And they were supposed to go to a bowl. Okay. Is this year they're supposed to go to a bowl? They're supposed to, yeah, supposed to go to a bowl, and they backed out against uh, I think TCU because of COVID. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I did not go, know that. Yeah, they supposed to go to bowl that year, but they backed out for uh, COVID. Whenever, uh, whenever Dre caught that ball, I was in a state of shock. I was like, I, I did too. Because Max didn't play terrible that game, but he just held onto the ball too long, like he normally does, and and just. Well, he had a bad habit of that, huh? Yes, man. And Max holding on to the ball too long leads me in a good segment into Max ain't looking like the starter at Texas A and M. No. Jay, who are you? Who are you seeing to be the starter at Texas A&M? Uh, Hayes King, Mr. Haynes King, Haynes King, Mr. Haynes King. I'm pretty sure he was a four or five star kid. I think he was a five star. Uh, I think he was a four star coming out of Texas, out of Cypress, Texas. I think real yeah. fast guy. Look, just real quick. There's I listened to Texas podcast with Billy Lucci. He said he could be one of the fastest players on the team. This is a, a white boy quarterback, by the way. Johnny Menzel, number two. No, they talking track speed, coach. Oh. Johnny was the scrambler. They're talking about some real speed. Whatever. But it looks like Max is going to be back up. Or even the five-star kid, Connor Wegman. Yeah, but Manziel, he would have he played second at the Johnson Bayou Relays. Ooh, <laughs> oh, to who? Keith Battle. Hey, shout out Keith. Probably would almost beat RJ. Almost. <laughs> almost. All right. So, we, we're seeing Max. So, Max beats Texas A&M on his uh, last game of the regular season. Last game. Yeah, and that, that was his last game. That was game. his last game. He didn't play against yeah, Kansas State. Yeah, he in a transfer portal after that. His last game, he beats A&M. Then he decides to go to A&M. Then he loses the job. And look, decides, Haynes, Haynes a true sophomore. Yeah, he decides to go to A&M, and he took his little brother with him. Guess what? He's going to transfer again because he ain't going to yeah. play at Texas A&M, coach, unless Haynes King shits the bed. And he's a sophomore, you said? Haynes King is a true sophomore. He was a true freshman last year. And, and, and Connor Wegman, by the way, who they're saying isn't that far off from being second string, is a five-star. So – it's looking like, mark my words, you heard it here first, Max ain't going to play at Texas A&M next year. So Max is going to transfer again? Georgia Southern. He's going back to his roots in Georgia. <laughs> You're running out of options, coach. All right. Jay, bring us straight into, you always give us the juicy details on who teams lose. Give us the starters lost at Texas A&M. So A&M lost 12 starters from last year. Five to the NFL, five to transfer, and two to graduation. They lost Calzada. He transferred to Auburn. They lost uh, their slot receiver, Caleb Chapman. He transferred to Oregon. And then they lost uh, their two offensive linemen, uh, one to the NFL, 
first team to the Texans was a left guard, one to graduation. They lost their, their starting running back, um, Isaiah Spiller, uh, in the NFL. It was fourth round to the Chargers. They lost their um, tight end, who was actually their leading receiver on the team, was their tight end. He was a junior, but he went to he declared for the draft, but didn't get drafted. I'm sure somebody picked him up. The Buffalo Bills picked him up. Okay, Jalen Waterman. Yeah, that's what I said. I'm sure somebody picked him up. Uh, so that was offense. Six starters on offense. Six starters on defense. They lost their entire defensive line, by the way. Jesus. Both defensive ends, both tackles, their best linebacker, and um, their best safety. All Why is the, everyone bragging on their defense this year? I they must don't be, know. They're either loaded or I they're ignorant. Don't, I don't know, man. It's on SEC, just SEC Network, just media mainstream talking heads. They're like, A&M's defense is going to so, be filthy this year. So, out of all them starters, I'll give you the productivity lost. Okay. So, Calzada was uh, – I thought he was had to do better than this. But I, I talked to Rob earlier in the week, and, you know, he had a good game against Alabama. had a decent game against LSU. He'll die famous for that Alabama game. Yeah. But – Daddy, how many yards do you think Cal's out of pass for it last year? If you had a guess. 2,500? 2,100. Not a bad guess. Yeah, not a bad guess. I'm just, I would have guessed, guessed 25, 26, 2,700. That's what I would have guessed. Mm-hmm. 2,100, 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Uh, but he got sacked 17 times last year. And that just goes to show you how when we hear about the Bama game, so, it, it just it, – it, it, it clouds everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, so he – he got sacked 17 times and lost two of starting offensive linemen. Quick quick note, he ain't even going to start at Auburn. Finley's going to start at Auburn. Yeah, Go ahead. True, true that. Uh, the running back, Isaiah Spiller, who led the team in rushing. He had 1,000 yards rushing, six touchdowns. Uh, I don't understand. Tight end was the leading uh, receiver on the team. He had 40 catches, 500 yards, four touchdowns. And I was going to get into the, the reason why I want to go productivity next was because of the, the defense, I'm about to tell you. So the linebacker, uh, Hansford. He led the team with tackles, 89 tackles, two sacks. The defensive end, uh, Johnson, that's that went to uh, NFL. No, no, I'm sorry, he graduated. He had 31 tackles, eight and a half sacks. Uh, Leal, who was, went to the NFL, defensive tackle, he had 58 tackles, eight and a half sacks. Clemens, defensive end, 32 tackles, seven sacks. Defensive tackle Peavy, he had 43 tackles, two sacks, and an interception, by the way. And uh, a safety O'Neal had 58 tackles, one sack, and two interceptions. So all combined, them six guys, they accounted for 311 tackles out of their 800 total tackles. And they, they had 39 sacks on the year. Those, those six guys accounted for 29 of the 39 sacks. You can only get those kind of stats here on winner's win. So how is our defense going to be that much improved? Dude, I don't. If you lose 82, 83% of your sacks and probably 40% of your total tackles, how is your defense going to be that improved? I love it. Maybe they Are you hearing the same thing, though, that their their defense is going to be filthy? Yeah, yeah, trust me. Who the fuck are we? What are we talking about? I'm also hearing Ole Miss is going to go 10 and 2. So I don't don't, eat eat my dick. That ain't happening. (laughs) No. All right. We got – that's your starters lost? Yeah, that was that was pretty much it for the starters loss. And then you want to go straight into the transfer portal? Yeah, transfer portal's good. Um okay. so the transfer portal, they lost 13 guys. Um, two of them were starters, like we said. Um Calzada to AM and Chapman to Oregon. And then there another transfer they lost was a a Y receiver. Uh he was a number three wide receiver in the twenty twenty class, a five star prospect. 
prospect. He transferred out too. And out of all the, you know, transfers, how, how many think that A&M gained? So they lost 13. How many think they would gain? I'm going to say eight. Two. Oof, I was being low on eight just because I knew it was going to be bad. I was Two, really thinking man. like 10 or 12. Uh, a defensive lineman from Liberty. So he stole one from Uncle Uncle Hugh. Uncle Hugh. Uh, and Max, the only two guys that they got in the transfer portal. So that was that was wow, eight. real light in the transfer portal. Yeah, I know. Well, maybe we're just the king of the transfer portal with Brian Kelly. So maybe maybe that's normal. Yeah, maybe they yes, believe in what know. they got. I guess, man. Because uh, okay, so we went straight into the transfer portal. Uh, Jay, you have their production lost already, right? We've already went over that. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go into Jimbo. You got some thoughts on Jimbo Fisher because. I'm going to hit you with a question real quick before you get that. Okay. And I want Daddy to touch on this. Daddy, you're first. Daddy, do you really believe when Jimbo is talking? And do you think – is he your most hated coach in the SEC outside of Nick Saban? Oh, yeah. I agree. And I, I think he's just an arrogant prick that just lies. And, and <laughs> Doesn't Look, we're all humans. I, I have a, a, some sort of fucking spidey sense. My – my lie, my my radar goes off. Like it seems like you're lying about yeah, everything, motherfucker. Right. Seems like a car salesman, right? Yeah, I think he used to work for a football jack at uh, All Star Pontiac. He used to in Sulphur, Louisiana. Louisiana. <laughs> I meant like if you go to a car dealership and a motherfucker's coming up to you, you can. We're not idiots. That's. He just seems like everything he says is bullshit, and he and he talks real fast, and he's trying to and and, we, and believe me, like, <laughs> I'm gonna be there too. We're gonna get we're gonna get it. My boy's what'd gonna be right. What'd you say? What'd you say? He always is. He's full of that Adderall. Is what he he's is. Tooted up. He's tooted up on Adderall. That's somebody, I can spot an Adderall head from all the way. That's much takes Adderall. Has to. So, Jay, is he your least favorite coach outside of Nick Saban? No, I I think he might be my least favorite. I think I put him him 1A and Saban 1B. Let's go. I really do. I've developed a hate for Texas A&M. Me too, man. Ever it since used that, to not be that way. No, and ever since that overtime game, it's just it's bad, man. Didn't it really just yeah, seem like I, some I, bullshit? Yeah. We'll get into all yeah, that, yeah. too, but, man, I'm telling you. A&M wasn't the experience that everybody, you know, said it was. I just – like, everybody, they got the nicest fans. They got the best this. They got the – no, it ain't what it's cracked up to be. Go and find out. Uh, we have been. We'll get on that later. I do have some Jimbo stats. Okay. So, Jimbo, since he's been in the SEC, daddy, he started in 2018. So, that's four full seasons he's been in the SEC. This are his stats against his West opponents and his crossover. Their crossover is South Carolina, which uh, – That's their permanent? That's their permanent crossover not, South Carolina. Not good. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. against Bama, he's 1-3. Mm-hmm. Against Arkansas, he's 3-1. and one. Against Mississippi State, just take a guess. What do you think he is, Daddy? He's two and two. He is two and two against. I Mississippi was going to say one and three, but since you said that, I was going to say yeah. Two and two. Okay, so two and two Mississippi State, two and two against Auburn, two and one against Ole Miss because they had a game canceled for COVID. Okay. Two and two against LSU, four and zero oh against South Carolina. So when I hear one and three, three and one, two and two, two and two, two and one, two and uh, two and two, four and zero. Oh, A&M, you middle of the pack, bro. You, yeah. they're, they're paying $100 million to this fucking clown, which good. I'm glad he's there because I truly believe they're going to be – they're 8-4 and four till death. Maybe next year they that's, had that big recruiting class. That's the biggest narrative on A&M is the best 8-4 eight eight four. Four team. 8-4, you see 8-4 everywhere. I eight truly believe college football is about getting the guys there and then developing the guys and keeping the guys. They got an awesome recruiting class coming in now. I think that they'll get a a nine and three, ten and two year out of out of those class sometime in the future, but 
They're never. I will die on the hill that in Jimbo Fisher. I'm not saying ever a And M because they they got the money to win a national championship. Yeah. Jimbo Fisher will not win a national championship at a And M, and I'll die on that fucking hill. I hope you're right. All right. And that's a little some little stats for Jimbo Fisher. Also, God, I went on tax, Tex Ags. If you're in a uh, Texas A and M fan, it's like their tiger droppings. It's connected to two four seven. I'm pretty sure it's where all, they all go talk shit. It's like the Tiger Rant, and it's their big it's forum their page. Message, their message board. It's their message board. It's a yeah. real popular spot. They have recruiting there. You can follow everything there. Texags.com. No free plug. Free plug. They had a, a vote, a fan vote, over four thousand votes. They uh, real quick. It was who do you think the starter will be? Haynes King was 68%, Max was 29%, and Wegman was 5%. Five-star? Connor Wegman, yep. Five-star, he was at 5%. So that's over 4,000 fan votes. So the vibe there, what we're hearing, what Jay's hearing, fans are voting uh, 68% Haynes King. Screw Haynes King. All right, Jay, let's go straight into recruiting. Jay, you got us some stuff on recruiting? Yeah, no, I was going to touch on a little bit of what Jimbo, too. Yeah, Uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say that. You know, everybody knows don't know Jimbo. He was uh, LSU's OC for Nick Saban back in from 2000-2006. Um, did a pretty good job for LSU then. Um, you know, there was there was six in the SEC in 2004. Uh, so he was one year uh, for Saban in 2004, I'm sorry, and then two years for Miles. And then I guess he wanted a head coaching job, so then he went to uh, Florida State to be the OC over there. So at, uh, under Bobby Bowden, legendary coach, he was uh, 2007 – 2008, 2009, he was the offensive coordinator, and he was uh, they was fourth in the ACC, second in the ACC, and second in the ACC in yards. So they, they did pretty good as offense, you know. And he took over as a head coach. And uh, you remember they gave him the head coach and waiting tag. Yeah, yeah. You remember they, that because old man River was I mean, he, he was Bobby Bowden was there for I don't was a long time. I don't know if it was forty years, but it was a long time, man. I just can physically I can uh, vis, uh Yeah, remember, yeah, I remember it all. I remember that. them saying he was the head coach and waiting. I was head like head coach and waiting. I never heard of that before. <laughs> So, uh, so he was, his first year was 2010. They went 10 and four. Uh, the next year they went nine and four. Uh, in 2012 is when they started picking up. They went uh, they went 12 and two, seven and one in conference. And then the next year they went uh, 14 and 0, won a national championship, beat Auburn that year. And they went 13 and one, and they started kind of dropping off. Thir- they went 14 uh, in 2014. That's when they lost to uh, Oregon. They got spanked in the. Uh, that was the first year of the playoff in 2014, and they got nice. Mar- Marcus Mariota spanked them. Cool. What was, what, you remember that score? Just if you had to guess, uh, it was fifty something to twenty something. Fifty nine to twenty. Man, nine to twenty. Still got it, Daddy. I still got it. So in 2015, they went ten and three, ten and three, and then maybe Scott Woodworth was looking into the future. He gave a five and six coach ten years, seventy five million dollars. I like to hear Scott did that. Yes, he did. That's his partner, though. I don't care. He <laughs> did, dude. Ugh. He locked him in. So he yeah. knew he was going to be our guy one day. Yeah. So, and one thing I will say about Jimbo that you know, love him, hate him, whatever. He he coaches really good in bowl games. He is like uh, so eleven and ten. He won his bowl game against South Carolina. Eleven, he won his bowl game against Notre Dame. Uh, they finished twenty eight in the season. 12, he, he won his bowl game against Northern Illinois in the Orange Bowl, which I have – why was Northern Illinois in the Orange Bowl that year? I Jordan no Lynch. Jordan Lynch was there? Yeah, he was a Heisman <laughs> finalist. He went to New York. They drummed him 31-10. to 10. Yep. He was a Heisman finalist. No, another Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, 
2013, they won a BCS against Auburn, so that's that's four wins in a row. And they finally lost their first – he lost his first uh, bowl game against uh, Oregon, like I said, 59-20. to 20. Then he lost to uh, number 14 Houston next year in 2015 uh, in the Peach Bowl to uh, 38-24. Then in the Orange Bowl against Michigan in 2016, he won uh, 33-32, a close game, man. Then he goes to A&M in 2018. So 2017, they they went five and six. They didn't make a bowl that year. Okay. So two. Well, he went five and six. They went. I think they went. Uh, maybe six and six on the year or something. Because he didn't coach the last couple games or something. But he went. Well, they might have went to a bowl game. I don't know. But he he didn't coach in it, so they don't don't count towards his record. Okay. So right now, what he's sitting at, um, five and two right now. Okay. So 2018, he got to uh A&M. He went uh nine and four in his first year. Five and three in conference. Uh. <clears throat> Uh, he won his bowl game against NC State, fifty-two to thirteen. The next year, in two thousand nineteen, they went eight and five, four and four in conference. He won his bowl game against Oklahoma State. Twenty twenty, they went nine and one in the COVID year. Uh, that's what God, that's what got the hype about them so big. Oh, I know. The they went nine and one and just lost to Bama. Yeah. They they won their bowl game against uh, number thirteen North Carolina in the Orange Bowl, forty-one to twenty-seven. It's a good game. I watched it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in twenty twenty-one. They didn't play in a bowl game because uh, it was a Gator Bowl against. Uh, I said TCU. I was wrong. It's number seventeen, Wake Forest. Okay. They they uh they said it was COVID, but I think he had some injuries and COVID, so he didn't want to lose the bowl game, so he just he opted out of it. Okay. So, so overall, that puts him at what is that? That's uh eight and two in bowl games. Pretty impressive. That's what I'm saying. Pretty impressive. But what's not impressive? Okay. This staff where you start you sort of bring east and west. So, at A and M. He's played 15 ranked opponents. What's his record against ranked opponents, Rob? God, please be under 500. Five and ten. Oh, wait. This is while he's been in A and M. So four seasons. Four seasons. How many ranked opponents again? 15 ranked opponents. And he's five and ten. Five and ten versus ranked opponents. Fuck you, Jimbo (laughs) Fisher. Where's my juice? A couple of them was number one Clemson, number one Alabama. So what? I mean, that's four losses. So yeah, screw that. Still, still, it's a real stat. Yeah. Jay, have you ever heard the story, before you get to your next, Jimbo, have you ever heard the story that Jacob Hester and Matt Flynn tell? I didn't hear it until we, we went to one of our away games and you, you played it uh, on the So when, podcast. when was he an offensive coordinator for Jacob Hester and Matt Flynn? That'd be 07, right? National championship team? Or no? Yeah. He was no, 06. 06. 06. So it's 2006. That's one, of, that's one of Sean Vincent's favorite stories, too. That this you, one, that he always tell, the <laughs> So they were at the indoor facility, and this is Hester telling the story and Flynn. He said, uh, the players were not allowed to have Gatorade, in which Jimbo Fisher is a fucking hillbilly from West Virginia, <laughs> and he doesn't call it Gatorade, just like some people. Soda pop or just. Call pop or yeah, Coke, yeah, yeah. and it's a, it's a soda. Yeah, well, anyways, he yeah. calls it juice. He calls Gatorade juice. Or it's Powerade, probably. He said, uh, so the players, golden rule, you cannot have juice, a.k.a. Gatorade, on the, on the turf. Uh, you can only have water. But Jimbo Fisher... Being the offensive coordinator, he's going to have his juice. So, if you know how Jimbo talks, that use car salesman, yep, Jimbo Fisher, I'm on Texas A&M. He, he yells at a manager. They said he was a dick. They said, hey, where's my juice? <laughs> and they said a manager came run out and grabbed a bottle. He was all scared. And he said, hey, where's my juice? And he said uh, the manager grabbed the bottle and ran out there and gave it to him. Jimbo took a big squirt. It was water. He said, where the fuck is my juice? Where's my juice? That's water. Um, 
If you don't get my juice, you will never, ever be allowed in this facility again. I need my juice. Jimbo Fisher, Fisher has been a crybaby his whole fucking life. He's a liar. He's Ain't got none. Go give me some. Oh, that's what he said. I forgot. I forgot. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, yeah. The manager, the manager said, oh, We're out. Mr. Fisher, we We're don't out. have no juice. He said, Ain't got none. Go get me some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said, Go get me some juice. <laughs> I'm sorry. I kind of fucked up the story. But oh, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, that's good. I forgot he said that. You ain't got none. Go get me some. <laughs> Wanted some fucking juice. That's what Sean Minton loves that. Yeah, he likes that. <laughs> yeah, I totally, I totally forgot about that. But Jimbo Fisher's been a piece of shit always. I mean, he, he helped win a national championship at LSU, so I'm kind of grateful for that. But screw him outside of that. Well, he was there 2004 to 2006, so they didn't win it while he was there. I thought, uh, yeah, he was not the offensive coordinator when they won the Natty. No. Nope. One and seven. One and seven. One, one and three. three. Yeah. He didn't win shit at LSU. No. That's why I don't. Dislike him even more now. Yeah, screw him. <laughs> Dude, somewhere in the back of my brain, I no, just remember. No, I did too. I really thought he was Nick Saban's uh, OC in 03. And then, How did I remember Jordan Lynch at Northern Illinois, but and thought, but I thought Jimbo Fisher was oh, the OC? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's Jesus Christ. overlooked, okay. you know. Jay, go ahead and finish. You got some more stuff on Jimbo? Mm-mm. Screw All Jimbo. Right. <laughs> All right, we're done with Jimbo. Jay, do you want to get into recruiting? Yeah, we can go to recruiting next, man. Yeah, let's do it. So, uh, Jimbo. Uh, he got there in 2018. Uh, 2018, they finished number 17 overall recruiting class, number five in the SEC. 2019, you know, it was first real full year of recruiting. He was uh, number five overall, number three in the SEC. LSU was number five that year overall. 2020, when they uh, the year before they had a, their best year, it, it, he's been there. He was uh, he finished number six overall, number four in the SEC. So number six overall in the country, four in the SEC. LSU was number four overall. In 2021, he was number eight overall and finished fourth in SEC. LSU was number three overall that year, by the way. And uh, so so then I'm going to get into this year's recruiting class or this past year, 2022. So in 2018, 2019, 2020, and 2021, Daddy, how many five stars did Jimbo sign in four years of recruiting? Six. Good guess. He's five. He signed five five stars total in four years. So then, Rob, all the best talent in the country, 25 players in the top 20, the top 25 players in the top 300 all got together and said, we're going to go to an eight and four Texas A&M that lost to LSU, Mississippi State. Old Miss in Arkansas. No way, it's a coincidence. Because they're on the rise. They wanted the juice. <laughs> they wanted the juice. So in 2022. By juice, we mean money. Yeah. In 2022, they have the number one recruiting class in the country, and they signed eight five stars in one class, which has never been done. They uh, 247 has them ranked number one class of all time with – Eight five stars, eighteen kids in the top one hundred, twenty two in the top two fifty, and twenty five in the top three hundred overall. Uh, right, uh, ESPN. I said this earlier. I mentioned on another podcast. ESPN had them signing twenty four in the top three hundred. So that was legit. They had them twenty one four stars. They signed. In that yeah, class. Jesus yeah. Christ. So. So this 2023 class, they're number 47 right now, number nine in the SEC. So they're 
they still have time to make up, but they're not looking as good for this class. You know, uh, you know, Matt Moscona, he did 45 minute podcast with Will Wade yesterday. Yeah. And he said that Will Wade alluded to, he understands how Texas A&M got that recruiting class in football NIL money. Yeah. And he knows the people who pay the NIL money. Anyways, he alluded to if they don't get instant results, he said, you will see that NIL money, that 30 million that they had is the number. He said, you're going to see that wither way. He said, I've dealt with people like that. They want results, and they want it quick. And, and if you don't give it to them, and they're not going to give it to you. Something to touch on with NIL money is that recent quarterback, Miles Brennan, who opted out of football or retired, whatever you want to call it, he signed six NIL deals. All guaranteed money is what I was told. All guaranteed money. So I understand advertisement as a whole is gambling no matter what. you know. Yep. So I think this is going to kind of, and I think it's a good thing. It's going to kind of put, okay, we ain't going to throw a million dollars at a guy on a, on a chance that he might believe there. Or I think that all these five stars that's going to go to A&M are not going to get playing time at first. Because I, I looked at the projected depth chart, and I don't have hardly none of them are uh, projected starters. Okay. And they're not going to they're not gonna sit on the bench. I, I mean, okay, maybe they will if they, they come from, you know, uh, not a lot of money, and you know, A and M's paying one point five million dollars. I understand that, but some of them guys they can get one million dollars anywhere. You know, they go they go to Texas right down the road. I agree. So I don't think they're gonna sit. I think they're gonna lose a lot of players to transfer. Not you, this year. But you had not listened to that Will Wade podcast, and you know what he said, Jay? To prove your point, he said it's not sustainable. Yeah, the I mean, players will leave. Yeah, my uh, <laughs> not sustainable. And one thing that uh, my dad used to say about Will Wade, he used to get the. The one and duns, he said it's not sustainable for Will Wade to keep getting them one and duns like North Carolina, like Duke, like Kansas. You know, it's hard to compete with them one and duns. I agree. So, anyway, sticking with recruiting, I got another little random stat for you. Okay. We're talking about Brian Kelly. Okay. So, Brian Kelly, while he was at Notre Dame, 2010, okay. 2010 to 2000, we'll say 2000, he wasn't there 2023, but 2023 class. We'll go there. Okay. 2010 to 2023, how many five stars come out of the state of Louisiana? I mean, come out of the state of Indiana? If you had a guess. God, two or three? So bad, right? Daddy? One? That feels conservative. I'm saying that low because realistically, you would think over so, that amount so, of time, I would say so, five. So Indiana has 6.8 million people. Okay. Louisiana has 4.5 million people. Okay. So Indiana has produced three five stars since 2010. That is embarrassing. 2012, y'all remember this one? Okay. Quarterback, a normal All-American. Okay. What was his name? Was it Gunner Kill? Gunner Kill. Rob's on fire tonight. Jay, I don't fuck. I live for this shit. <laughs> I know. College I know, football I know, is my know, shit, baby. Gunner Kill. You remember he was committed to LSU all the way up until January. We were fired up. Man, I remember watching the Under game with my dad at, his, at the house, and he said, man, it's almost as exciting as watching Shaq in the uh, McDonald's All-American game. No shit. Because he, he went off in that Under game. Yeah, Gunner Kill was supposed oh, to be the guy. man, he was the guy. He went to Notre Dame, and he oh. didn't get playing time, or something happened, and he transferred to Cincinnati. Okay. So. And Never did anything there either, by the way. No, I know. I, he would have did something else, LSU, though. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Les Miles would have. That's right. He would have ran the pitch back dial for <laughs> yeah. Uncle Les. He would have ran the option. That son bitch would have pitched it back so good. Uh, Moffat would have put on 30 pounds of muscle and made him into option quarterback. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, anyway, um, 2013, uh, I don't really remember this kid a whole lot. Uh, he was the number one linebacker in the country. Outside linebacker, number two overall. He went to Notre Dame. 
Jalen Smith. The one thing I remember him about Notre Dame was he was like a high draft pick. I mean, a high draft pick, guaranteed first in the first round, uh, late second round. He played in the bowl game that year and broke his leg. Do you remember that? He played in that bowl game and broke his leg, and Dallas ended up picking up in the later rounds. I do not remember that. Yeah, he was a legit uh, player, linebacker. And then 2017, Hunter Johnson was a number two ranked uh, uh, pro-style quarterback. He went to Clemson. I don't really remember him. I, I do remember him. Was he still there? I don't know. No, he, he ended up going so, transferring to going to Northwestern. So, uh, so since 2010, how many uh, five stars has Louisiana produced? Tell me over 20. 25. Yes, let's go. So, we, Indiana has time and a half amount of people that Louisiana does and uh, eight times less of five stars. Daddy, you've coached some guys from Louisiana before. It's just a different breed down here, right? It's a night and day difference. Yeah, and then another thing, another thing that uh, is, is crazy about the five stars coming out of Louisiana, you, so, so 20, I think it's 25, maybe 26 five stars total. Out of all them five stars, how many went to Alabama? Because Alabama comes in every year and takes our five stars. How many went to Alabama, if you had a guess? I don't know. Hit me with it. Three. No shit. Only three. Landon Collins in 2012, Cam Robinson in 2014, and Aaron Anderson uh, last year, Edna Carr, receiver. That is shockingly low. Yeah. Well, they would have took another one. If you count Dylan Moses, he come from Louisiana, but went to IMG Academy. So he would be another one, I guess. Yeah. And then that – that uh. A big defensive tackle from um, Amy Ishmael Sopsner, I think is his name. He was a five-star, but he dropped. So, technically, it could have been almost five, but it was three as far as ranking Didn't goes. Did he get kicked off the team in Alabama? <laughs> yeah, he got kicked off the team for fighting and stuff. What's he at now? What's he doing, you know? I have no idea. Me neither. What a, what a bust. Uh, he went to some – he's at Texas somewhere. I know I don't say Texas A&M or Texas, but he's in – out of the 25, 26 five-stars in Louisiana, we said three come from Alabama. Okay. Two went to A&M, Speedy Knoll and uh, Jacoby Matthews. So only two went to A&M. One went to Florida. Oh, Gerald Willis. Gerald Willis, okay. On fire. On fire tonight. Two went to Texas this year. Arch and uh, Derek Williams, DB from Westgate. Yep. But they said it's not over with Derek Williams. So good. don't kill BK and uh, Frank out on that one. He's uh, damn good. Faced him in seven on seven. I heard they're going after the kid that just signed to Tennessee too. Oh, yeah. Chose Tennessee over Texas. So, out of all the five stars coming out of Louisiana, LSU has signed 18 out of the 25. So, you that's a, you put a, a, a light J on something I even believed, on the, the perspective of Alabama comes in here and gets all in there. Still all, they do steal a lot of good players. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, discrediting that. They've got some good narrative. ones. Yeah, they've got some good ones. But, but overall, not the border's been put up. No, yeah, they haven't got our best ones. Hey, I give uh, less miles and uh, – and shithead owe a hard time, but credit to them for for doing a lot of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. They kept some borders up. Yeah, Stingley, Fulton, you know. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, like in uh, you know, 20, 2011, that was uh, Lel Collins, Anthony the Freak Johnson. Woo! Jarvis Landry was a five stars then. Damn, he was too. Huh? Oh, yeah. Jarvis number two receiver overall. I know. He was ahead of Odell, and, and it was kind of crazy because. Odell was like a four star. Yeah, he was a. Uh, Odell was, I think he was top. Uh, before Odell was Odell, I remember genuinely being shocked because Odell was starting as a freshman. Jarvis was on special teams. Well, yeah, but the only reason why Odell started over Got Jarvis. Got hurt in camp or something? No, no. Um, Jarvis was lighting it up, one-handed catches, and all you heard in the whole camp was like, Jarvis, Jarvis, Jarvis is going to start. Okay. Beside Ruben Randall. And then a week before camp uh, ended, 
He went with his quarterback to bogeys. Oh, he was in that. <laughs> got in a, and was taken up for Jordan when he got in that fight. And no one no one knew that Odell was Odell because Odell yeah, came Oh, no, yeah, you're yeah. right. And then Odell come out and his, his dad played a receiver at LSU for four years and his mom was a track star. And and like Rob alluded to earlier with uh, Mason Taylor, bloodlines, don't lie. Yep, and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, the rest is history. Jay, do you have anything else on recruiting? No, that's it. I'll just add a couple. All right, I got uh, before we get into uh, back in time with the Tigers, my favorite segment. I got a little random stat, and this is uh, good news for us because if you're listening to this podcast and you're with us, you hate A and M. Jay, do you know anything about A and M schedule this year? No, I, I got it right here. You ain't even got to pull it up. Let's, well, let's talk about it real quick. Okay, got it. Sam Houston State's their first game. Daddy, do you know what Sam Houston State's record was last year? I don't, but they lost in the quarterfinals in the playoffs. They were eleven and one last year, and that nah, maybe an upset alert game Daddy, right there. Daddy, week two, who they play? Oh, they got Appalachian State. That's tough. Daddy, ten and four last year. Always a contender in the Fun Belt. Yep, Fun Belt. Maybe it's a, another repeat of two thousand and seven. Yeah. Ooh. Tell the story about two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Second game. Maybe second week. First week. I'm not one hundred percent sure, so don't quote me. Second week or first week of the year. <sighs> Number five, Michigan, in the big house. Appalachian goes in there and upsets them. So, that would be – that was a huge – that was the, maybe the biggest upset of my life. upset. Yeah. So, the next year, Appalachian didn't lose harder than nobody. Okay. Come to Tiger Stadium, we dirt-napped them. Let's go. <laughs> we dirt-napped them. And that was a 2008 year where we was like eight and four or That's something. right. I wouldn't watch uh, – So, I so LSU would have – it would have – I wouldn't watch LSU play them. Tulane that year. They would have beat the brakes off of Michigan. I agree. And so. Michigan ended up beating uh, Florida Tebow that year. They sure did, didn't they? Hell yeah. Oh, my, uh, Michael Hart was the uh, – memory's pretty good too, Bird. Michael Hart was a running back from Michigan. That's right. Yeah, he was a – I think he – He was good, man. He was good. So, you got 11-1 and one last year, Sam Houston State, 10-4 and four App State, 7-5 and five Miami. But Miami's uh, on the major upswing. I, 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 think, I think so. I, I don't think that – I know ESPN likes to push narratives and okay. you know get behind, but easy to get behind the U. Yeah, yeah, the U, the U, the U history, and mm-hmm. everybody wants Notre Dame to be good and USC to be good. It's good for college football. Yeah, I think it's good if Miami is good. I, me personally, I don't root for Miami. Yes, I like the the U uh, thirty for thirty, the U one and two, one of the best sports documentaries I've ever seen behind yeah. the Last Dance. But I think I think Miami is good because also I don't. Can't stand uh, Florida, and then I don't really care about Florida State. I think in a day of NIL, I think they made the best oh, yeah. hire they could have made. I yeah. believe in their coach. Yeah. So, yeah, eleven are. and one, ten and four, a seven and five Miami, who everybody believes up. Game after that, Daddy, it's Arkansas. Arkansas just had the best year in Neutral. the last two decades. Neutral site. I, I like Arkansas. I like Arkansas. Me anyway, too. Nine and four, returning. Uh, then after that, they yeah. got a Mississippi State team who are projected to do better than their seven and six yeah. last year. After that, Daddy, they got Bama, who is going to play in the national championship. At Bama. At Bama. After that, Daddy, they got South Carolina, who is on the upswing. Spencer Rattler, Spencer Rattler. new young head coach. <laughs> Everyone projects him to do better. Right. After what that, you, Daddy. What you trying to say? They're going to be 0-7? No. What I'm saying is, <laughs> oh, shit ain't sweet in the schedule. No, no. After no, that, right. let's keep going. South Carolina. A 10-3 and Ole Miss team from last year. Yep. Nobody yep. really wants to get in a shootout with Lane Kiffin at the end of the day. After that, Daddy, 6-7 and seven, Florida, who – I believe is going to be on the upswing. I think they hired the next big thing in coaching. I'm going to throw that out there. I love Florida's coach. I think he's going to be great one day. We'll see. It could be a hot take. 
After that, Auburn, second year in Brian Harson. They should be better. After after that, Daddy. My team, baby. You, you Daddy, you oh, That's my team. You mass. The Minutemen. Minutemen. Daddy, take a take a Daddy. guess at the UMass Minutemen record last year. One and nine. One and eleven. God. <laughs> Good job. The Minutemen. They were one and eleven, and LSU was six and seven. And we all agree that LSU's on the upswing. So at Kyle Field. The total rolling. record of who AM plays this year, their record last year was ninety three and sixty three. That's an average of the teams are gonna play this year, it's an average of eight wins a season on for everybody. That's with a one and eleven UMass on there. That's good. So Things aren't going to be sweet for A&M. Like how we got the Southern game, how we got the uh, UAB game. Mm-hmm. Coach, they got Sam Houston and Appalachia State, and that, they ain't nothing sweet about either one of them games. So even if they – I'm not saying they're going to lose, but what I'm saying is that's a better chance for somebody to get hurt. It's tougher competition. Starters got to be out there longer. It's good for if you're an LSU fan looking at the schedule. All right, Jaybird, we're going straight to my favorite segment. And, and let's see if you remember the year from this. This will be a fun little trivia. I got the sound effect for Back in Time with the Tigers. You try to guess the year. Here we go. Manziel with time. Now he's nearly brought down by Mingo and throws. Picked up. Intercepted by Simon. They have nine in the box. Hill. Big hole. 40. Hill to the 30. 20. Hill is gone. Touchdown. LSU. Big. Road win for LSU. 24-19 at College Station. 24- you alluded to that game earlier. Huh? Oh, yeah, that was uh, 2012, first that, year in eight. That's it, on my birthday, October 20th. First first uh, season at um, SEC. And that was Johnny, Heisman, Johnny Heisman's yeah. Heisman year. It was crazy. And nobody knew he was at the time. Yeah, it was crazy is that Johnny had – Great games all year, except when he played the two fastest teams, which at the time were the two fastest teams in SEC, Florida and LSU, and he just couldn't outrun them. Couldn't, couldn't do couldn't it. Outrun Too me. many freaks. He couldn't outrun Mingo on the sideline. You can't outfreak the freaks, no, boy. man. You realize Mingo was six foot five, two forty five when he played LSU. So he, he come to LSU, six foot five, um, probably about two twenty five. Had a guess. He won state in the four hundred. His is a. His high school senior year at West Monroe. So I remember you telling me that a long time ago, Mark, but I couldn't fathom it the way I can now. He ran it. He ran the uh, lap, the four hundred and forty nine seconds. That's unreal. <laughs> that <laughs> he was played a freak, defensive huh? end. Yeah, that's a freak, huh? Yeah, got drafted. Get out, drafted. I can outrun that man. You got drafted in the first or second round. Yeah, unreal. All right, Jay, back in time with the Tigers. Pull up the Wikipedia page for, or unless you want to start right here. Yeah. You got this pulled up. Go ahead. Where you want to start? Back no, in time I was just gonna say I, I just remember the first time I can my first memory of A uh, and M and LSU playing was in that Cotton Bowl in 2010. 2000 it was January seventh, two thousand eleven. It was two thousand ten season. LSU, man, they steamrolled them. Man, I remember we watched it at. Uh, I was fired up. We watched it at uh, Put Trey Hands house right next to Corey Billado's house. I remember watching it at my buddy Travis Parr's house. Yeah, and uh, we was all fired up, man. And Jefferson actually he didn't throw for a lot of yards, but he, he you know he. He uh, had a pretty good game. He threw for 160 yards. He had three touchdowns. I actually thought he threw way more than that, actually. He had three deep ones, though, to yeah. Tolliver. Oh, yeah. And Tolliver had a, a really good game. He had, uh, you know, 115 yards, five catches, three touchdowns. So he had Five a, catches? Five catches. <laughs> That's all you need, man. That's, That's all it for three tutties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I'll never forget that. Tannehill. They let Tannehill throw that Tannehill, motherfucker all over yeah, the place, and, uh, didn't they? Von Miller was a linebacker, man. All ended up it. being a super pro. Ended up being a Super Bowl champ. Yeah, Von Miller. Man. At one point in time, was considered the best linebacker in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. All right. 2011, 
that was a well, like you said, 2010 season. That was a cotton ball. I remember. Yeah. I remember Matthew having making some big plays whenever he was number 14 or at the time. Or, yeah, he was number 14 or 13 as a freshman. He wasn't number 17. Yeah, yeah, ball. number 14. Making some big plays. He had a strip or he had a you know he had a big yeah, interception. Yeah, yeah. Something. It, the yeah, legacy. Yeah. Of Matthew's no, yeah, he he laid out on the sideline. Laid out, coach. Yeah. Real low to the ground oh, and yeah, laid I remember out. Remember that. Um, <clears throat> and then next year, the first year, like I said, in the SEC, LSU beat them. You played a little sound clip. Manziel was running for his life, and them, st- them quarter horse for LSU, they were just running them down all game in the backfield, it seemed like. But, Me too. And then Met, look at Met's stats. Look. 11 for 29. Coach, are you telling me he threw? What's 11, 29 minus 11? That's uh 18. He missed 18 fucking guys. Yeah. That's crazy. 11 for 29. 97 yards in one touchdown. It was Cadron Boone. It was on the left side of the end zone. Yeah, look how many times Manziel, Manziel. threw it. Look how many times Manziel threw it. 56, coach. 56 times, 275 yards three and three picks. three picks. On the sound clip, it was Daryl Simon had a pick. Oh, yeah. But I know Jalen Collins had another one. Random stat. I saw that earlier watching the highlights. Cadron Boone, left side of the end zone. He called it over the shoulder. DJ Welter had the third one. No, he didn't. No. <laughs> All right, Jay. What, uh, what's the next game that, uh, that in I can remember? Uh, yeah. I guess we'll go to that uh, the, the the one that I went to the yeah. first time I watched A M live was uh, twenty fifteen. Yeah, uh, that was uh, the year that they supposed to be really good. And I'm getting number two in the playoff rankings. LSU, oh. not A and M. Played them. Uh, they lost three in a row. God, right at the end. Yeah, it was uh, Alabama, Arkansas, Ole Arkansas, Miss. Ole Miss, back to back to back. And then they had this game was on the last game. The schedule. This is I think this is the first year that this was the first year they put A and M on the last game of the, the schedule. Because uh, remember Arkansas was every year the last game of the year, and then they moved. We started playing them on Thanksgiving Day, yeah. by the way. And they moved this game to the last game of the year at LSU A and M because they wanted to do the border wars. Uh, they moved yep. Arkansas the last game of the year against Missouri. Yep. LSU last game of the year against A and M. Did you like whenever we played them on Thanksgiving Day? Oh, it don't really matter. I, mean, I kind of liked it to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's the only game on, pretty much. I yeah, mean, it gave cool. me, got me excited. I, I like the one they played them on Black Friday. I like when they played Me Arkansas. too, Arkansas on Black yeah, I like, Friday. I, I, me I like too. that. They did that. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So, this game, the, the one thing that stands out to me for this game was A&M was on all black. Um, uh, LSU beat them 19-7. It was pretty good. But the main thing that sticks out in my memory about this game was, the, uh, I've said this in previous podcasts, they had like 300, it, it, maybe not that many, but it seemed like it was 300, 200, Hired Jimbo Fisher fans. Uh, Les Miles' last game. They won the game pretty easy. And uh, A&M scored in the first quarter and scored the rest of the game. Jimbo's at Florida State. Jimbo's at Florida State. And uh, they carried Miles off the field. Chavis was the defensive coordinator for A&M. I remember that. The chief. Yeah. And uh, Damn, he was at A&M at this time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, good. Because uh, I remember – the only reason I remember that is because Mills, Jalen Mills and maybe Jalen Collins or something, and – uh. Somebody else ran over to uh, talk to him when he come down from the, the booth. Okay. Uh, so the next A&M game that I went to would have been in 2017, I believe. I went to. I don't really remember this one a whole lot because I guess they beat the beat the hell out of them. They beat I them, remember watching this at Brody's house. They beat them 45 to 21. Etling was uh he had 350 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Starkle. For A and M, Mr. Nick Starkle. He was two. He had two twenty-five yards, uh, two touchdowns, three picks. Uh, Chark had five catches, eighty-six yards, and a touchdown. 
Darius Geis had 28 carries, 130 yards, and a touchdown, which is – I mean, that's, that's all good stats, you know. It was just, but the 45 to 21, that sticks out. I mean, that, that's, that's, a, so, that's a beat down. Since we like trivia on each other and I'm having fun with it, I'll be surprised if you know this one. Nick Starkle, their quarterback for that game, he transferred somewhere for his fifth year, senior year. Do you remember where he went? Man. Arkansas. Isn't he ended up Arkansas? starting for the Hogs for one year. Dang. So he went there, and then uh, and then Chaz's favorite quarter, quarterback, uh, Felipe, went to Arkansas back to back. Oh God, bless. it could have been it could have been a year in between. <laughs> yeah, I remember, so I just, bad. I remember Felipe, but I don't. I remember uh, Starkle going. Yeah, Nick Starkle going. Yeah. I remember watching uh, him play against his former team, Texas A and M, at oh, yeah. Perry World, and pulling for A and M. One thing that I remember about A and M, not this year. I don't think it was this year. I think it might have been twenty. Uh, Fifteen when they won the blacks. I mean, when they wore all the black uh, jerseys. Uh, what's his name? Kenny. Uh, was it Kenny Trill? What was his name? Yeah, Kenny Trill. Yeah. He started off against South Carolina and blew the doors off. Oh, of I mean, he threw for like uh, he broke Menzel's record. They were already high yards. Talks. Oh yeah, first three games he started out on fire, and then he kind of fell off. Then they didn't start him, and then they uh, started Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. and then they didn't start him. Then they started. Uh, God dang it. Um, Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen. Mm-hmm. And then he, cause Kyle Allen, I think, started against. In your 2015 when yeah, you were there, he started. Yeah. Uh-huh. So so then Kenny transfers to. Uh, TCU. TCU. Um, where did Allen transfer? Houston. Houston. And then uh, Kyler Murray transferred to Oklahoma. Everybody knows that. Wins a Heisman. Yeah. So he had three stud quarterbacks on the roster. All transfer out. All transfer out. That's the one thing I remember about that, that A&M team. Me too. Yep, me too. So, Next game, Jay? So the next game was. Oh, Lord, uh, is this story time? Oh, yeah. God bless. Hold on. You know what time it is. All right, Jay Bird. It's story time. So this was 2018, Joe Burrow's first year. LSU was uh, 9 and 2. Five and two of conference. It was a fun year too. Yeah, it was a fun year, man. Like we said, if you listen to the Alabama podcast, the two games we lost prior to this was Alabama got the crap kicked out of us against Alabama, twenty nine zero. They lost. Uh, Burrow threw a a bad uh, pick at the end of the game, pick six against Florida, and still had a chance to win, but we lost. We lost two games that year. Number seven ranked team in the country, uh, going to A and M. We have a way trip every year, so we decided to go A&M this year. Me, Rob, Daddy didn't back out on us this year, and Sean all went to A&M. And, uh, man, we met uh, a couple guys that Rob – one guy Rob works with, uh, Hugh Freeze. Not Hugh Freeze. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a Texas name. James Freeze. Hugh Freeze is a son. Uh, <laughs> we've been talking about Hugh Freeze tonight. That's why I got me messed up. Yeah. So, anyway, we meet them. Man, we had to tailgate. The one thing I remember about this game, we had a tailgate like way off, not campus, but like far away from the stadium because they won't let anybody outside, like in, in you know, tailgate inside. We were tailgating next to George Bush Library. I never forget. Yeah, in their was, RV lot. And like, what's crazy? We, yeah, we was tailgating the RV lot. We was like the only ones there. We had a music, not loud or whatever, but they called the campus police on us like three times. We had to move our, we had to move our uh, tailgate like three or four times. Remember that? I do. And another thing that sticks out to my memory. Was that Uncle Rob, and we got I got it on Snapchat, so I got a uh, proof. He funneled twenty one Coors Lights. Is that 20, real? Did I really? I swear to God, twenty one Coors. Was it twenty one or twenty two? It was one of the two. I'm, it was a bunch. I mean, it was a bunch. And, almost uh, a case of beer in the funnel. It was almost a case of beer. Okay. 
and Rob's uh, ex coworker, Mr. Freeze, he got pretty uh, soft up too. We're having a great time. Having a good time, man. We're walking through uh, A&M campus. We get there. Freeze uh, tries to fight two or three A&M guys on the way. And, and Freeze's buddy, who was supposed to be his best friend since third grade, and he he was a super nice guy, man. Yep, real nice guy. Real nice guy. And they both had t- – they had, we had four tickets together. They had two tickets together going to the game. And this nice guy, he asked, he offered to take Freeze's keys from him. Oh, he actually took his keys because he didn't want him to drive after the game, you know, being a, a good friend, looking out for him. Freeze don't Freeze didn't play that shit. <laughs> so, yeah, he he, uh, he went to LaGrange. He didn't – white guy, but went to LaGrange. So, yep. he, he – uh, he kept telling him, get my keys back, get my keys back. And I was like, I was like, oh, man. I looked at Chaz. I said, this ain't going to be good. He said, you better get my keys back or you're going to slap him. Chaz said, you think he's going to slap me? I said, no, man. There's too many people right here. He ain't going to slap him. Hey, this I, is right looking up at Kyle Field. Looking up. There's there's at least you know, three or 400 people walking back and forth. Yeah. Next thing I know, I heard smack and looked up. And that dude's that poor guy who was supposed to be his friend since third grade. Glasses flew about six feet. He slapped. The hell out of that dude. He struck him as well. Oh, yeah. Rob <laughs> grabbed him. And, yeah. Rob, Rob grabbed him. And uh, I just tried to get my bet. Yeah. yeah. James, uh, whenever I've been in situations like that, he's he was laser focused on. He did not want him touching his keys. Yeah. All I could do was just try to get James away from the situation so he didn't keep striking him. Yeah. So so that, that was going into the game. And that's just the tip of the iceberg on what was one of the most famous games. <laughs> yeah. So we get in the game. And I think LSU was up uh, – I want to say like 34 to 31 with hardly no time left. And A&M marches down and kicks a field goal and goes in overtime, man. They went into seven overtimes. And what's crazy about this game, that Burrow, he played. It's crazy that he only had 270 yards and three touchdowns. If you would have asked me, I would have, I would have told you he had 500 yards that game. I just – Burrow played – he had a, he had a 29 carries, 100 yards, and three touchdowns. He played his ass off that game. He was fainting in the locker room afterwards. Devin White to... played lights out that game. I, he, Devin White was so good. He was one of the best linebackers I've ever seen on shoot. You know he's good when A&M fans turn around and tell you, man, that number 40, he is good. And all you can say is, yeah, we know. Yeah, well, he, he won the, the – the, Yeah, Dick Buckus award the that Dick year. Dick Buckus that year, yeah. So, anyway, they go into overtime. And, man, what's crazy about that is LSU won that game at least three times. And they and there's all kind of theories about how the commission, the SEC commissioner was there, and they wanted A and M to win that game so they can go to so that all the SEC teams can get major bowl games. And I'm not saying I believe in conspiracies and stuff like that, but it was crazy how, like the the tight end caught the ball, he took uh, two steps, switched the ball to his other hand. I don't remember who come down and and knocked the ball out of his hand. They didn't rule it a fumble. They ruled an incomplete pass. Else you receive it. They another one, uh, bad snap by by Kellen Mond. He picked the ball up from the ground, threw an interception, and they ruled that his knee was down. I mean, it barely touched. Mr. The grass. Delpit, right? Yes, man, it barely touched the grass. So that's another one. Another one. Right before the end of the game, they go to punt the ball. They had uh, ten guys lined up on the line of scrimmage. So, Daddy, how many can you have on the line of scrimmage? Seven. So they had ten guys. The only one wasn't was the punter. So that's what I'm saying, man. They they should have won the game three times, but it just just for someone who I am not any kind of conspiracy theorist when it comes to college football, 
There was a lot of weird shit going I'm on. I'm telling that game, you, man. man. So let me get back to uh, let me reverse the story a little bit. So, so halftime it was uh, LSU was was down seventeen to ten. Rob done funneled twenty one, twenty two beers. We didn't said that. He was nowhere to be found. Where were you at, Rob? Daddy went to the hotel. <laughs> Daddy Uncle, went to Uncle the- Rob went to the hotel, and I door dashed. I'll never forget because <laughs> I've never used DoorDash. I door dashed some Buffalo Wild Wings, and I set my ass in that hotel bed and ate about 28 wings. <laughs> I remember I had like five flavors. It looked like some sort of spread on that bed, so, so dude. I take it for Rob. That's the only game that he's ever uh, that I can remember that he, he, he jetted at halftime. That was important. I mean, I've done it to – uh, multiple first games of the year, like Chattanooga and stuff like that. That doesn't really matter, but that's the only game I can remember that he's. But if I had a funnel twenty two beers, I don't think I would be able to walk in the stadium. So I was <laughs> feeling it. I was feeling pretty bad, and I'd have named. I have told probably I would say dozens of people. I'd be like, and man, me, that seven overtime game, bro. I was. I me, was there. I was at that game. I never tell them I left. Talk about it. go to Kyle Field. The A and M fans. They're known for their sportsmanship, and they wouldn't really welcome us to begin with. They were not welcoming. No. And then at the end of the game, you should have asked, asked Chaz. There were so many older men that I just wanted to just knock out on the way out, man. I'm telling you. It was oh, so yeah, bad. it was bad. It was bad, man. It was not a good environment. Get the, get the hell out of here. Just, I mean, they were just ragging us. I mean, come on, man. You, you got to think of the, so the, the so, years and so, years and years so two, of frustration. So, so nine and two. They're nine and two against LSU in the last 11 games. Yep. They only won in a freak seven overtime game mm-hmm. and a COVID year. That's the only the COVID year. And by the way, they, they should have beat us a lot. They We played them close in that COVID game. Yeah, I know. Look, so LSU better, better has won. Quarter, better quarterback play, LSU would have won. You've already game. said it, but this is one of my favorite things to always do. LSU's won two out of the last three, five out of the last seven, nine out of the last 11. Fuck you, A&M. <laughs> and I'm going straight into my rant. Jay, can I rant real quick? Yeah, you go ahead, man. It's, your, right. it's your rodeo. I'm going straight into my rant. I'm I'm hearing a lot of LSU fans are coming to me, and I'm talking because, I, I mean, I'm bantering at work, and I'm bantering with people that I know because I'm so fired up for college football. I live for this. This is Christmas to me. I'm so fired up for week zero this week just because I got a little action on some of the games. I'm, you know, even more excited for week one. But anyways, I got LSU fans coming up to me. Man, Brian Kelly first year, five, six, seven games, yada, yada. And Vegas got the spread at seven. But let me tell you something. Stop being a fucking idiot. Stop being a pussy. Stop reading everything you hear. Have a fucking opinion on your own. Look at some facts. Look at some stats. When you listen to this podcast, all we're doing is giving you hard facts, hard stats. And one thing I love about this team, let me tell you something. There is a lot, and I mean a lot, of Talented guys on this team who have a lot of experience. There is experience all over the field. This ain't your mama's rookie team. Let me just read real quick some seniors on the team. Let me let me back you up real quick. I'm, Go ahead. I'm backing you up. If Brian Kelly and this coaching staff, which we we don't know exactly how good they're gonna do, but LSU was they was six and seven last year, correct? Yep. Michigan was a playoff team, correct? Yep. LSU had so much talent on the team. They was the number two team that had the most draft picks in the NFL. Ten. Ten. Yeah. Michigan had seven. Let me tell you Alabama what. Alabama had eight. That's what coaching does. Yeah. So if they would have had a, a good coaching staff, a focused coaching staff, no telling how good they would have been last year. 
So to, I'm going to end on that. But I'm going to end on the coaching staff, but I'm not going to end right now because seniors on the team, seven banks. Senior, John Emery. Senior, Todd Harris. Senior, Jay Ward. Senior, Jeray Jenkins. Senior, Allie Gay. Se- junior, Greg, Book, Greg Brooks. Senior, Joe F- uh, Fouché. Senior, Micah Baskerville. Senior, Jer- uh, Jer- Jarek Bernard Converse. Senior punter, starting punter, Jay Bramblett. Six-year senior, Colby Richardson, a.k.a. Dickinson. Dickinson. Rich Island. Junior, Makai Garner. Junior, Kyron Lacey. Junior, Jaden Daniels with 30 starts at quarterback. Junior, first-team All-American, Kayshawn Butte. Junior, B.J. Ojolari. Junior, Mike Jones, Jr. Junior, Noah Kane. Junior, Cole Taylor. Junior, Jaqueline Roy. This ain't no goddamn team of freshmen. And you know what? This is a fucking team with a lot of experience, and you're not being led by the Cookie Monster Shrimp Boat Captain or your grass-eating, harassment, case-settling Mad Hatter. If you're not with us, you're against us. This team is not going to win six games, people. We're going to fucking win. Take the over. The over's at seven. It's free money. I do not have my purple and gold glasses on. We are going to win more than seven games. There is a true leading leader of men leading this team. We went to, we won three, two national championships and played for three with two absolute morons. There is a proven winner, a proven leader of men, a proven savage who is hungry and left a playoff contender team who he took to the playoffs two out of his last four years. And he come here for one reason and one reason only, to win a fucking national championship. And he's our guy for the next Nine years guaranteed because he got guaranteed money for nine years. Get on board, people. There's a new wave coming, and this ain't your mama's LSU program anymore. We're going to have some good times ahead. Stop coming to me and saying we're going to win six games. You're full of shit, and I'm going to make you eat crow when this is all over. Rant over. Sorry, Daddy. We're going to put that on a plaque like Tim Tebow of Florida. You'll never find a player who play hard as me again. <laughs> You'll never find a podcaster you know more they, passion and more devotion than Uncle Rob. Hey, you know who he played the next week after that rant? LSU. Yeah, <laughs> they fucking Rob, that was terrible, man. Rob, what's up, what's up Dad? You need to be on staff at LSU. Motivator. <sighs> I'm just love it. I live for this. And we're fired up. And we're busting our ass here on the podcast. Yeah, I love it. And we're here grinding, giving the notes, giving the stats. We got Coach Daddy here. Daddy. Speaking of you, it's time. It's time for a hot take by Daddy. Daddy, give us a hot take about AM. Uh I'm I'm expecting a 42-21 LSU. Cool. Not not even close, Daddy. No. So so they can't stop her quarterback. So Daddy missed out on the last two podcasts. One because Rob had to do a flute podcast game like Jordan. Flute. Game six, Jordan. <laughs> and uh and then he had to to be with the St. Louis Saints. So, Daddy, he has every podcast he's done with us, he has them winning. So, do you have them losing any uh, games so far? Yeah, Arkansas and uh, Bama. So, you got them losing two. So, you're going 10 and two? Yep. 10 and two. So, Daddy's not one of your, one of the guys you Daddy's not one of those guys. He's never been one of those no, guys. I have two eyes. Ooh, Daddy got two eyes. I got two eyes. Daddy said, I got two eyes in the inter- internet, baby. I can make shit happen. Damn right. American Press. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Jaybird. Yeah. You got another story? You got one more story before we wrap no, up? No, I was just going to go. Uh, I was going to. 
I got excited for the random story. Oh, yeah, that's good, man. Hey, I'm here for it. That's Jake, what I'm here tell for. Tell us a 2019 story. So, not a, not a really story. I was just going to go to the game, like uh, the, the see, the, the 2018 game, LSU lost three games, and Burrow cir- circled every three games on his calendar. He made sure to play good in those three games. So, it was crazy about A&M is they put on their workout code to get into their building – 74-72. You remember that? They put it on cups, too. And cups and everything. 74-72. Everything. So, that's the reason why I'm telling you a a pretty they, close second. Or that th- started the whole – That started. That was a big – I forgot about it, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I, they had it on cups in the stadium. They had it on cups and everything. They were so proud of beating a 9-3 so and three next LSU. year, LSU's number one – well, number two at the time, 11-0 and in the country. And, by the way, preseason – SEC media days in 2019. I think they picked LSU to go three in the third in the West. I did not know that. Uh, Jordan Rogers, Jordy Rogers, whatever you want to call him, he does a quarterback, top ten quarterbacks every year. Yep. He ranked Kellen Mond as his number three quarterback in the SEC. Where do you think he ranked Burrow at, Daddy? If you had a guess. He ended the year in 2018. I mean, threw for 3,000 yards, had a pretty good year. Not great, but – what do you think he had him ranked in the top ten? Seven. Ninth. He had Joe oh Burrow my God. ranked ninth in the SEC. I remember you sending me that clip. He had him ninth in the SEC. So this a lot of my dad went to this game and he said he hated it. LSU drummed him fifty to seven. This was one of my favorite games ever in Tiger Stadium because we went to the overtime game before and they got payback this year. I stayed for every single second of that game. And this game was one of my favorite moments of all time. When Burrow come out of the locker room with the the beat, the EAUX on the back of his jersey. That Tom, was, Thomas moment. That was my favorite. I'm so glad I was there. I, I, I was on the mezzanine. I wasn't in the seats. I was on the mezzanine I, and did see him come out with so, that. I was so excited, so glad I was there to see that. So he come out. And Kellen Mond, who was ranked number three by Jordy, by the way, he was 10 for 31, 92 yards. Three interceptions, zero mm. touchdowns. Joe Burrow, who was number nine in the whole SEC, who was probably is the best. I know I'm an LSU fan, but the best college quarterback I've ever seen. He was twenty three for thirty two, three hundred and fifty yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and absolutely dirt napped him, fifty to seven. I remember at the end of the game they took out Mond and they put in that Mr. Foster. He was a, a quarterback named B.J. Foster or something like P.J. Foster. And he got a safety to get to 50. We, we sacked him for a safety. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure they took out Burrow after the first drive in the fourth quarter. Okay. So, Miles played Miles played like a, a pretty good bit that game. Yeah. Know? I remember them putting in – look, Foster. See right there? Yeah. James Foster. They put him in and he got sacked for a safety. I'll never forget yeah. that. Miles even threw a touchdown. He, he did. I know who he threw it to. Yeah. I know who he threw it to. Racy McMath. Racy McMath. He did. He went down the right sideline. I totally remember that. But that was one of my favorites because they, they – Spanked them, man. That's Thomas. That was a good one. All right. Jay, give us your prediction. Four. So, on the year so far, I got them losing to Alabama and Arkansas. And you went back in for Tennessee, so, right? So, now this is where I said I'll go to this one. Okay. So, the reason I'm torn on this A&M game, Daddy already said 42 to 21, and I and did all the starters lost and everything. I don't think A&M is going to be that good. I've said before that if Max Johnson starts, 
we dirt napping him. But if Jimbo is the proven, if he can be the proven quarterback guru that everybody says he is. So they've always said. And can develop that king or that five-star and get them rolling at the end, I think it's going to be tough for LSU to beat them. I'm not saying they're going to lose. So if, if they if they lose to if they lose to uh, Tennessee, if they lose to Tennessee, I know it's a home game mm-hmm. and everything. If they would lose to Tennessee, I, I wouldn't have them losing to A&M. But if they beat Tennessee, then I, I'm going to say maybe A&M. I, I think I think nine and three is you know what they're the worst they're going to do. I think eight and four would be by far worse. I think eight and four, but I really believe nine and three or ten and two. I really believe that. And trust me, if they go eleven and one, and somebody says Rob, Chaz, anybody, anybody but BB, yeah. calls me out and says you dummy, I'll be happy to say you're right. I'm a dummy. If they go eleven and one, I'll be fired up. But I'm not saying that. You know, look, you. So you're saying win right here, but it depends on the Tennessee game. I think it depends on the Tennessee look, game. So. We're not. This ain't Colin Cowherd. No, look, no, no, no. At the end of the day. I said they're going to lose to Florida, and I said they're going to lose this game or so-and-so. I don't even remember what I said, and I really don't give a shit. We're going to go 9-3. <laughs> and, and if we go 8-4, and four, I'll still be fired up yeah, because the yeah. future's bright. But I love 9-3. and three, And if we go 10-2, and two, I'm going to be unbearable yeah, to be around. Yeah, Rob's, Rob's going to be uh, almost like an Alabama fan. I will be. <laughs> I'll be on championship. <laughs> hey, when I walk – when me and Jay Bird's going to the Superdome for that game one, if we, if we beat Florida State handily – you ain't gonna be able to tell me nothing. Yeah, thank, thanks to Level Up Gutters, huh? Thank you, Level Up Gutters. Yeah, the boys are going. Much. We appreciate it, man. Eddie, Jake, thank you so much for making it happen. The boys are gonna go. We're gonna shoot a lot of content there. I, I got visions of Jay on the mezzanine <laughs> of uh, of Superdome, and we're gonna give a little a little buzzing prediction of how we think the game's gonna go. A buzzing prediction of how Florida State fans have been. Okay. We'll give a total breakdown. I got some. I got some things in the works for content. We're gonna have a good That's time. Good, hey. I'm in. All right, next week, come back. We're going to break down Florida State big. We Jay did on an episode of Winner's Win before we started the midweek podcast on there, but we're going to go big on Florida State. We're going to watch them this weekend too, right? Yeah. We're going to yeah. watch Florida State yep. play. What's the name of that goddamn team? Duquesne. Duquesne. Maplewood Comets. The Maplewood, oh. <laughs> Maplewood Middle Comets. We're going to watch that game. We're going to break down the film. We're going to come back. Big episode next week. Dylan Thibodeau is going to call in. We're going to give you the juice. I appreciate it. This is Winner's Win.